Well, this morning I have to let go of Ephesians. I, um, you know, through the years we, we have done this. I mean, we've traveled from the beginning of a New Testament book or letter, and uh, so occasionally, not very often, we'll dip into the Old Testament. But I don't really, I don't think that I've, in doing this, I don't think I've really had as, as great of an attachment to uh, a place in the Bible that, because I've just seen something in it that, that we get to experience together. And I've really reflected upon just kind of my upbringing in the faith, and, and, I, and I really do value reading the Bible, but one of the things that was really impressed upon me as a young believer was personal Bible study. But as I travel through Ephesians, I realize, why would I want to study the Bible alone? And then the fact is, most of the people that I know that, that really invest studying in the Bible alone become kind of arrogant and kind of become like they know it all and they find these things. So why, why wouldn't we want to like be in small groups studying the Bible? I mean, I understand having a devotional life and loving Jesus, but, but, but in so many ways, I've been brought up to so individualize the faith that it's no longer the faith that Jesus gave us. Did Jesus ever give, okay, guys, here's a scroll of Isaiah. If y'all will go out, off for 30 minutes. and, and he, never, he never did that. So why do we so individualize it? And so Ephesians has been this great reminder to me of this is something we do together. We, we are learning together, and we're discovering truths from God's Word together. And then we are, we're really encouraging each other. Well, okay, now I understand that. Now i got to live it. And we, and we find the context for living what we're discovering together. And we can share, you know, sometimes I do this and sometimes I don't do this. And so we can have our ups and our downs, but we, we do that in community. And for whatever reason, Ephesians just has really reminded me of just how, how much... I enjoy doing this together. Do, the doing this is knowing Jesus together, following Jesus together, learning from Jesus together, putting into practice together what Jesus is teaching us, and then displaying that to the world around us that's really looking for a, for a group of people that are authentic and are not know-it-alls, but are, are enjoying an adventure of, you know, we've come to know Jesus, and we're following Jesus, and we're, we're really grateful, and we want others to come along with us. So Ephesians, for some reason, has really, that's really what's gotten stuck in me, and so I'm having a hard time letting it go, but today will be it, because there's no more verses after today. So here we go. If you'd like to stand up, let's read the benediction, the ending of Ephesians. To bring you up to date... Tychicus will give you a full report about what I am doing and how I'm getting along. He's a beloved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Peace be with you. Dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally, incorruptibly upon you, all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And we could say, Amen. Have a seat.
So what is Paul doing? We want, we want you to know what we're doing. What, what is he doing? So these are just some reminders of what Paul is doing. One, he's following Jesus. He's learning from Jesus. He's putting into practice the things that Jesus is teaching him. And he's delivering the good news of the kingdom to the nations. Does that sound familiar? It's, it's really, to me, it's really important for us those of us that are following Jesus today to realize that what we're doing today is what was started by Jesus. And I think we should emulate as close as we can exactly what Jesus was doing, what Paul was doing. And so I, that, I think that's, that's really all Paul is doing. He's following Jesus. And Jesus said, I want you to go to the nations. So he followed Jesus out into the nations. Yeah, he's, he, was a, he was a Pharisee. He was a Jew whose world was turned upside down. He, he persecuted the church. He was actually killing people, arresting people that were following Jesus. God turned him all around and kind of retooled him and equipped him and sends him out to tell others about this great story of good news. So that's what he's doing. And as he's doing that, he leaves Jerusalem and he heads off into Asia Minor. And in Asia Minor, he begins to invite others hey, I'm following Jesus, would you like to follow Jesus with me? And this guy that's mentioned, Tychicus, he's just one of those guys. And at some, he's, this guy, he's, he's not a Jew. He, he's a Gentile, and he's from Asia Minor. And so Paul's whole message is both to the Jew and to the Gentile. Well, here's, the, here's one of the Gentiles that heard the message that Paul was living and proclaiming, and Paul said, well, come along with me. And so he has this guy that's following Jesus with him. So now, you know, there's more than just two of them, but that, just a reminder, that's part of our faith. I mean, who are we inviting to follow along with us? And if we're not inviting anybody to follow along with us, then we're not really enjoying everything that Jesus has given to us to enjoy. We, we won't understand... The New Testament has a context in life. And part of that context in life is that we're following Jesus. We're not just attending church. We're not just going to a building on Sunday mornings. We're not just having devotional time. We're not just singing songs. We're following Jesus. And all those things that we do and are encouraged to do, that, that's, that's propelling us in following Jesus. And as we're following Jesus, we, we want to keep inviting people to follow Jesus with us. I don't invite people to come to church. I'm, I invite people to follow Jesus. I'm following Jesus. Come follow Jesus with me. I, I, I've fallen in love with Jesus. I'd like you to fall in love with Jesus. Come on, let's go. Being part of a community that's following Jesus, yes, that's important. But that's not the main thing. It's following Jesus. So that's what Paul's doing. And as he's doing that, he's loving Tychicus, and Tychicus is loving him. They become beloved brothers. They love each other because God loves them, and they're sharing this adventure of delivering the good news to the nations. I mean, unplowed ground. They're, they're going out through Asia Minor and over into Europe, and they're doing it as a team of people. Tychicus is just one of the team, of team players. I mean, Paul never did stuff alone. He always went as a group, so that's what he's doing. And as he's going along, he's equipping Tychicus, and he's equipping anybody else that's following along with him 
in really one thing. Tell your story. Tell the story of how you started to follow Jesus. And keep inviting other people to follow Jesus. And tell people the great news that, that the kingdom has come and it's coming. Tell them that great news. So he equipped people to do that. He equipped them to rely upon the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to rely on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to follow the Holy Spirit as they went different places. That's what he's doing. That's the essence of what we are as a people, just hopefully just like that. And then with all that happening, he is encouraging the church in Ephesus. Literally, he's comforting or he's cheering up their hearts. That's the literal word. So I've written this letter. I've given it to Tychicus. He's going to travel from Rome to Ephesus. He's going to give you this letter. And by him coming and telling you what I'm doing and checking on you, your hearts are going to be comforted. You're going to be cheered up. Now, another dynamic in this that really kind of, I just think is fascinating. I mean, Paul's in prison. I mean, we just found out he's an ambassador of the kingdom of God and he's in chains. He's under house arrest. And so these, these guys that are following him, these ten, they, can, you know, they can have access most of the time. But can you imagine, here, here is this guy, and Paul says, hey, Tychicus, I've just written this letter to the church, and you know, that, that church that was started when we kind of went through Ephesus, you know, there's now a group of people that are meeting, and I've written this letter to them, and I need you to deliver that letter. So would you mind traveling from Rome back to Ephesus and give this letter? Can you, I mean, like, there wasn't a train, and there wasn't a bus, and there wasn't a plane, I mean, can you kind of pick up the loyalty that maybe have existed between Paul and these guys that he invited to come along with him? I mean, like, would you like to, uh, like, you know, I'm in prison. You know, the possibility is someday you might be in prison. So, like, would you like to risk your life in delivering this letter to the church in Ephesus? And then, obviously, if you're going to cheer them up, you're going to encourage their heart. Maybe things aren't going so well in Ephesus. So, hey, Tychicus, would you mind representing me? Uh, and may, would you mind, like, maybe hurting with people? Uh, would you mind, like, going and maybe you're going to kind of cry with people? And maybe you're going to pray with people? You're going to kind of build people up because maybe they're feeling a little... Di- I mean, can you just think about the dynamic of that? So then it begins... I, I want, do we have that kind of loyalty with each other? I've talked to two people this week who are people that are sent out from communities with the good news of the kingdom. And it's fallen upon them to raise their support. Again, Ephesians has messed me up. Because when did Paul ever wander around and raise his support? So there, there are communities of people that said, well, you know, of course we... I mean, they got so radical in Acts, we, we may go to Acts. They got so radical in Acts that some of them sold their property and contributed it so they could go to the nations. That's pretty radical. 
See, a Paul and a Tychicus, and uh, they always had a community of people that really understood, bought into what they were doing. And when things got tough, like there was a famine in Jerusalem, and there isn't, like, things are falling apart, and there's not a lot of funds available to support Paul, then Paul said, well, it's okay, I'm a tent maker. Reading about that, it was a lot of rabbis were bivocational. Now, that was kind of expected of rabbis to be bivocational. And so he said, okay. And then you read about Paul saying, you know, I've learned to be content. Sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's not much. But I think part of that contentment is he always was connected with a community of people that cared for him. And my concern with these two friends raising support is they don't really, they don't feel that support. It's like they've got to convince churches to support them. And I don't think it should be that way. Communities should recognize, hey, our job is to support people that are going to the world. And so for us, what that would look like is, you know, we're going to be as generous as we can be, and out of that generosity, we're going to try to support as many people as we can. Holy Spirit leading us, not just everybody walks through the door, here you go. There's something, there's some, this, this community of people following Jesus. We don't want it just to be church attendance. We want it to be as dynamic as this story is that we're, we're learning from. And then how's Paul doing? I mean, you, you may, you know, well, you know, he wants people to know. Why, why would he want people to know how he's doing? It's probably because he knows that they like him. They actually love him. They, like they actually have relationship with him. <laughs> Little aside. Do you know how hard it is to sit down and talk with most American pastors? You know, Marianne has been... Marianne, she could tell us a story. She's been so frustrated and just trying to tell people about perspectives. Mike, you've been trying to help. And it's like we've created this community. I mean, I didn't know. That you, I'm really important. Didn't you, did you know that? I'm really important. So if you want to talk to me, you know, I think Ron should be my personal assistant. <laughs> so if, if you would call Ron, and if he can't take care of it, you know, maybe I'll call you back in two weeks. I mean, Paul, he, they're connected. They have relationship. They have friendship. How did pastoral ministry become like a CEO? How did that happen? Because that's not what's here. They knew each other. They cared about each other. I wonder how Paul's doing. I heard Paul's in prison. Yeah, now, see, I wonder if I got arrested. Who'd come see me? Set up a Skype from prison. Hello, I'm in prison today. I mean, well, how's Paul doing? Well, one, he's doing great. Not because of the circumstances of his life. His circumstances are terrible. He's gotten in trouble again. He's in prison again for preaching the message of good news 
to the Jewish and Gentile worlds. But in his circumstances, he knows a God that provides him with peace. So on the inside, he's at peace. Exterior's not peace, but he's at peace. He's experiencing love. And that love is connected with faith, which would be a confidence. Okay, I'm in prison, but I'm going to be okay. And I know I'm I'm in prison and God, Jesus still loves me, even though I've gotten in trouble. He's experiencing that. He's he's experiencing Jesus' love. He's experiencing God's grace. Now, do you know why I know that he's experiencing these things? Because when he's saying these benedictions, may you receive, may you know. He's imparting to us what he already has. If he, if, he, if he doesn't have God's peace, love with faith, love, God's grace, if he doesn't have those, he's not experiencing those, then that's just words. At the end, it's just forms. You know, sincerely, Paul. But it's, it goes beyond that. Last but not least, internally, receiving the peace, the love with faith, the love that Jesus loves him, that the grace of God is on him. He's experiencing, literally, the last word in this letter is incorruptibility. Or it could be immortality. What he is, he is actually partaking in the future life. The future of the kingdom has broken into his present life in prison. And he's experiencing that. The uncorruptibility of eternal life, I know today. Not in fullness, but I've got a taste of it that sustains me. Outwardly, I am falling apart, but inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day because this incorruptible life from something future has come into my present reality. That makes me almost want to back up and go through Ephesians again. That is remarkable. I think Paul's story leads me to ask us just a couple of questions. What are we doing? What are we doing? No, we got to remind each other as a community of people. Hey, we're following Jesus. I was asked recently, you know, well, you're a pastor, so you're a religious person. I said, no, I am not a religious person. I don't want to be a religious person. At 17, I fell in love with Jesus. And all I've been doing since 17 till now is I've been following Jesus. That's it. I'm just, I'm following Jesus. And I'm, and I'm learning from him. And what I learn from him, I work at living. 
That's it. And I've discovered in that he's got this message. Great news. There is a God who is setting everything right that has ever been wrong. Wow, what a message. So is that what we're doing? I mean, again, it's not just me. Is that what we're doing? Are you here today because you're following Jesus? And that you've recognized that in order for us to successfully follow Jesus, we've got to do it together. You can't do it alone. Did you come today because you like the songs we sing? Did you come today because you like the snacks we serve? Did you come today just because you're lonely and you want to hang out with people? Did you come today because you felt, well, you know, it's Sunday morning, I've got to go to church. I mean, we all need to act. Why? What are we doing? And what are we doing tomorrow? Are we just going to work tomorrow? I've got to finish that project. I didn't finish a project on Friday. I go back tomorrow, I've got to finish that project. I've got to make a living. I've got to earn some money tomorrow. Is that what we're doing? What are we doing? What I would like to suggest to us is that what we're doing in this life is we're following Jesus. Every, everything is subservient to that. We're following Jesus. And we're learning from Him. And we're putting into practice what He's teaching us. And we're doing that together. And we, we come together on a, on a Sunday morning to encourage each other, and remind each other of who we are and what we're doing to worship Him, who's worthy of worship. And then we go out and we just keep living what we learn out and about. That's, I mean, that's it. And then, then how are we doing? As we do, how are we doing? Then this is, you know, remember Jesus said, let, let your hearts not be troubled. Let your hearts not be troubled. Man, as I read Facebook, as I listen to the nightly news, and as I overhear conversations, and as I have conversations with people, and they're right here in my face. <laughs> we haven't had that conversation in a while. I, I can tell our hearts are so troubled. We're not at, I'm not at peace. Troubled hearts. Because if your heart is, you've got to trust God. We've got to trust Jesus. My friends, are we trusting God about our current situation? Our country right now is messed up. And it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen four years ago. Come on. Since World War II, we have been in some really bad habits. And our politicians have made it worse. Are we trusting God with our circumstances? I mean, I got the guy that's in prison is trusting God. In some ways, we're in prison. Or in debt, we're in prison. So are we trusting God? 
And it's really kind of, you know, are we partaking of the future life in the midst of our present circumstances? Is, is, is the eternity that we're going to live in, which happens to be a monarchy, not a republic, there'll be no elections in heaven. Thank God. We can begin to partake of that future life now in small doses. If it's too much, we wig out. But it comes now. And so peace, I mean, eternity is peaceful. Eternity is loving God. Eternity is the grace of God. And, and that, that, come, that can break into the moment now. Are we a community that's experiencing? How are we doing? What are we doing? You see, if, if, if some of that can kind of kick in, then the benediction, these, these words will begin to make sense. And we can receive peace in the midst of our trials. We can receive love with confidence. We can receive grace upon grace upon grace. We can receive doses of the incorruptible life, the future breaking into the present. (laughs) And we can help the people around us, not through politics, but by representing the kingdom of God. Our first and foremost citizenship is in heaven. We have dual citizenship. We represent heaven first as a community. We're like Paul, ambassadors of heaven. Second is our nationality, what are, where, where we are citizens. We don't want to mix that up. So, if this makes any sense at all, I would like to invite you to stand up, to put your heart in a place of receptivity, so that when we pray these these concluding prayers, we're actually receiving what we're praying. Peace be with us, dear brothers and sisters. Peace. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give us love with faithfulness. Love 
with trust. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, peace, love, trust, grace. May we receive this day an installment of our future life. This day, as we pray this prayer, may we receive and become partakers of our future in this present moment. So that in these trying circumstances, we would represent your kingdom well. That we would not lose sight of who we are and what we are to be about. And that in the midst of our current circumstances, our trying times, that our heart would not be troubled. That we would know your peace. That we would know your love. That we would trust you. And that our lives would be full of grace. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let the dignity and power of your rule be established in our hearts, in the midst of our community. Let these benedictory prayers be a reality in our life today. Your peace, your love, your trust, your grace. Encourage us with these words. In your name, amen. God's best to each of us in his name. Amen.